It's a welcome return for Guy Ritchie to soundtrack in the weekly film music podcast with me, Edith Bowman. Uh, And it's also a welcome return for Aladdin, making his first big screen appearance since 1992 in Guy's live action remake of Disney's animated classic. In this visually stunning reboot, Will Smith is charged with filling Robin Williams' considerable boots as Genie, with Mina Masood and Naomi Scott playing Aladdin and Jasmine respectively. As with the animation, this latest incarnation is scored by Alan Menken, who won an Oscar and a Golden Globe for the original. And in addition to a new number called Speechless, it features plenty of familiar tunes, including the classic Arabian Nights, performed in this instance by Mr. Smith. Oh, imagine a land, it's a faraway place, where the caravan camels roam, where you wander among every culture and tongue, It's chaotic, but hey, it's home. When the wind's from the east, and the sun's from the west, and the sand in the glass is bright, come on down, stop on by, hop a carpet and fly to another Arabian night. With the cardamom cluttered stalls You can smell every spice While you haggle the price Of the silks and the satin shawls Oh, the music that plays As you move through a maze In the haze of your pure delight You are caught in a dance You are lost in the trance Of another Arabian night Arabian Welcome back to Soundtracking. Good to be back. Um, episode 42 you were on, 100 episodes ago. Golly. Which is almost two years then. Golly. <laughs> yeah. Since then, a lot of things happened. I met Hans Zimmer. Oh, that yeah. was amazing. Yeah, did we have the Hans Zimmer chat? We had I th- chats I, yeah, yeah, I seem Hans, to remember yeah. that I bestowed my enthusiasm about yeah, Hans. Yeah, and how much you. he loves what he does. Yeah. Which I f- was so evident from doing a little chat with him at this thing in Bristol. Oh my God, he was amazing. Yeah, I seem to remember banging on about the fact that Hans was fulfilling his role in life that he yeah. was born to be what he is and he's got the right job hans has held on to the all the enthusiasm of childhood in a good way yeah and was wearing the most amazing slippers with his initials on them which right. was like cherry on the cake for me that yeah was like... he's become quite aristocratic in his footwear <laughs> um met daniel pemberton twice he's been on the podcast right he's a lovely fella right and i've been immersed in the world of aladdin I went to see the Broadway show at Christmas in New York. Uh, the Cheltenham pantomime was Aladdin. And then the hat trick was your film yesterday. And I loved it. Good. <laughs> oh my God, it was amazing. Well, I don't know where to start with you with music on this because why did you want to do a musical, first of all? Well, what was the attraction for you? You know I'm 
musically enthused. Yeah. So I, I don't. I, I really didn't feel like it was drifting too far away from what I'm interested and motivated by anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was just this was a traditional musical. But I have to tell you, I'm not sure if there's a, a large gulf between having the influence of music trying to elicit elicit some kind of sentiment yeah. or or whether it's a conspicuous display of music trying to elicit a sentiment. I'm not sure if there's much of a difference. So it didn't feel too exotic, leaping from what I was familiar with to that which I know nothing about. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you said that the last time, but the, but the way that you've used music in your films has been extraordinary, that combination of existing music and score. And similarly with this, there's existing music. There is an Aladdin sonic framework there of songs that exist and score, but it doesn't feel like I'm listening to things that I've heard already, even though I was singing along and knew the words to some of the songs. Right. I mean, part of my job was made easier by the fact there was a soundtrack. Yeah. Right. So you didn't have to conjure up however many songs there are (laughs) on your own. Here I go. Ali Baba, he had them 40 thieves. Shahrazad, he had a thousand tails. But master, you're in luck because up your sleeves, you got a brand of magic never fails. You got some power in your corner now, heavy ammunition in your camp. You got some punch my ass. And how? All you gotta do is rub that lamp, and then I'll say, Mr. Man, what's your name? Whatever, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, I'll jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. Life is your restaurant, and I'm your mate today. Come whisper to me whatever it is you want. You ain't never had a friend like me. Hey, look at here. <laughs> you know, friends go abracadabra, let her rip, and then make the sucker disappear. Don't you sit there, like your body hide. I'm here to answer all your business plans. You got me bona fide, satisfied. You got a genius boy charge to fail. So that does make life easier. The question is, is it doesn't want to sound repetitive and tiresome. And I suppose, you know, I've forgotten about that, actually, until you mentioned it to me. There is actually a danger of being tiresome and repetitive. And I hope we've escaped that. And I'm not sure if that, in part, is just because you end up getting lost in the narrative. Yeah. You know, there's a challenge in the movie itself, right? That you've you've got to make something that feels it's respectful of the nostalgia of the first one. And, yeah, feels fresh and creative enough for you to to bother to go to the cinema in the first place right so it needs to be a complete experience in that sense and trying to reconcile those disparate components is is tricky but once you've actually made up your mind that's what you're doing you don't really think you think about it again it sort of it resides in the back of your mind and 
every scene that you're doing it sort of it's the policeman in the room that makes sure you don't drift too far away from either of those yeah it's really brilliant because as well as the kind of the music side of things as well, the script, which you also adapted, and I'm not going to tell people what you've changed or what you've added, all that kind of thing. It's for them to experience themselves. But what you have done, I think, is brilliant. It's weird because it, it doesn't feel like you're watching a musical, even though there are amazing, big, showy numbers with dancers and elephants and all sorts going on. And it's it's glorious to watch. But it feels like it's, a, it's just a story as well. Well, the difference between... An animated production yeah. and live action is that somehow it has to be more grounded. Your parrot cannot talk quite as much. <laughs> in... When he does, it really counts. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Is you, you have to make your mind because the parrot really talks a lot <laughs> yeah. in the animated version. So once parrots start talking too much in a live action version, you go, well, hold on, where are we here? However, you're fine to polish a lamp and have a blue genie pop out <laughs> or jump on a flying carpet I can show you the world shining shimmering splendid tell me princess now when did you last let your heart decide I can open your eyes take you wonder by wonder sideways and under on a magic carpet ride a whole new world a new fantastic point of view no one to tell us no or where to go or say we're only dreaming a whole new world. don't you dare close your eyes a hundred So it's funny what the mind allows you to get away with and yeah. doesn't allow you to get away with. But by the way, trying to rationalise that and articulate why it's okay to have a flying carpet, but it's not okay to have a talking parrot, um, is it's hard because there's no there's no logic to it. Yeah. There's a but there is a kind of intuition mm -hmm. that you either, you kind of accept or you don't accept. Yeah. Going into this, the music had to to be there. You know, in terms of when you started filming, that all had to be set in stone to a point in terms of all to the a point actually numbers. to a point yeah i guess that element of it had to be one of the earliest bits of working with alan and then also you know kind of bringing in the, the guys whose names i've just totally forgotten which is terrible benji and then justin right uh, but you know bringing them in and they've had amazing success and i think what they've done for that genre of filmmaking is incredible but what were the conversations that you had with them about about where it was going to go musically and 
and how much the casting was also going to influence that. You know, Will Smith, I think, in terms of how he's played the genie, he's Will Smithed it, you know, in a way, in terms of all the stuff that we love about him as a character actor that he's injected into that, but believable. Right, it's quite a lot of moving parts there. Yeah, my sorry. brain is... Okay. So let me deal okay, with the first okay, one. Let me yeah, deal with the sorry. first one. Firstly, I started my career making music vids. All right, so I'm familiar with that. Funny, I hadn't thought about it until you just... Obviously, people have asked me this question, why I thought... Why wouldn't I be intimidated about making musical? And I've just realised the principal reason why I'm not is probably because of my... We started. It's probably where I started, yeah. So... Is that satisfying the first question? Probably not, but well, let's pretend it did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was familiar with that, and then it's, there's a couple of things that we employed, which you seldom see employed: a change in frame rate, which is part of the course in yeah. music videos. But one jump, I felt needed some form of stimulation outside of the song itself. Mm-hmm. Some of the songs can look after themselves perfectly. Some of them need some visual prop in order for them to be fully realised. One Jump needed a little bit of help because it's propelled. You like that? Um, it's clear. propelled by activity. It's tough unless you add some form of stimulation in there. Gotta keep one jump ahead of the bread line, one swing ahead of the sword. I steal only what I can't afford. And that's everything. One jump ahead of the lawman. That's all, and that's no joke. These guys don't appreciate I'm broke. Take that, try a different tack, guys. One jump ahead of the hook beats. One hop ahead of the hump. One trick ahead of disaster. They're quick, but I'm much faster. Here it goes. Better throw my hand and wish me I'd be landing. All I gotta do is pump. When you were chatting to Alan and, and also Benji and Justin about where it was going to go in terms of new lyrics and, and how the musical numbers were, were going to be reworked, not really reimagined. I don't know what the right word is because updated. Yeah, but, or, yeah um, updated, reimagined, all of the above, I yeah. suspect. What were the conversations that you... Well, I was mostly with Alan. Yeah. So I, I, I get on with Alan. Yeah. So Alan and I spent a good deal of time. I mean, the good thing about Alan is Alan travels with a guitar. Oh, no, not a guitar. Has piano, will travel. Wow. Right, so wherever you are with Alan, there's, just, a piano, there's a piano sort of just by, uh, lurking behind a curtain. So a conversation like a so, yeah. is like that, right? So whenever you're having a conversation with Alan, it's like, what are you thinking, Alan? And then all of a sudden, he whips out a full grand piano, and he's like, oh, that's convenient. And then what he'll do is he'll sing it. He'll play it and he'll sing it like that. I mean, hands is quite similar in a sense, right? But, but there it was, wherever you are with, with Alan is a piano. And then he'll just start belting out song oh yeah maybe a bit more of this a bit more well how about this then uh, you know and he's a whole clown's pocket of uh, creative ideas
is the interesting thing about music, right? I came back from the uh, yesterday on the plane from Paris. Alan and I were sitting opposite one another. Was he playing piano? And, and it, needless to say, he brought his piano with him. And the he's very similar to Hans in this sense. And I'm quite jealous of this because the problem with being a director is you're too consumed with the, the, the entire production. And really, I shouldn't be. I have one job, and that's to make the movie. I shouldn't be concerned with any of the other components. But somehow you get sucked out. You get caught up in the melee that surrounds a film rather than just enjoying the creative process for what it is. You're a, I'm a writer-director, and if I can just stick to writing-directing and co concerning myself with that, then I would sleep better at night. And I, I, as I was having this conversation with Alan yourself, I was just thinking I'm jealous <laughs> because he, like Hans, is caught up in that aspect of it, right? I'm sure they care, you know, film success and so on. But, you know, when you find someone that is still titillated and stimulated by their creative DNA at their age, oh, that's something to be covetous of, right? And it's it's more conspicuous in music than it is in any other medium that I've come across. That's nice, sir. like that. say was the most daunting thing for you it was probably getting the genie right because you, you had on one side you got the legacy of robin williams you don't want to pander to any of that and so yet what you have to do is try and create something completely new yet at the same time as animated as so that was probably the biggest challenge but in principle that's why will was chosen because his dna is big and once he found a voice then you just had to sort of pump Will up yeah. into his voice and then you know it's an authentic voice right yeah. so as long as the voice is authentic then you you run with that and you have to be respectful of of the previous incarnation did you love putting together those big musical numbers and, and filming them and capturing them? yeah i don't look at it like that okay i i, I just look at it honestly it's, it's yeah i do okay. and you get i get tickled out of funny little things yeah, yeah I, I i get tickled out of honestly what is my relationship with the actor and who can take the mickey more you know it's silly little things right <laughs> which which incidentally they do percolate the process i mean there's a dance number there's a prince ali i can't ever remember seeing a dance number that's as big as that right that's a thousand dancers on the day 
never mind the augmented dancing and elephants that go with it, right? <laughs> and there's camels on the day. Confetti at the end. There's a lot of confetti. <laughs> right? That's a, that's a big dance number, that. Us through. It's a brand new star. Oh, come be the first on your block to meet his eye. Make way, here he comes. Ring bells, make the drums. You're gonna love this guy, Prince Ali. Fabulous, he, Ali, Ababwa. Show some respect, boy, can you flex down on one knee? Now try your best to stay calm. Brush up your Friday salon. Then come and meet a spectacular sergeant majors to keep out a lot under manners so it's not as intimidating as you think that there are more intimidating things and it's usually ego management is the greatest challenge for a director because i know what i can do what i'm paid to do and i enjoy what i do right it's, yeah. it's work and i approach it with a quite sort of professional hat but it's it's when you know an actor won't come out of his trailer for example is that you go well yeah how am i going to tease him out I, but incidentally i didn't have any of these issues on this one <laughs> but you know it's happened to me before yeah that's challenging because it's at your remit and then sometimes 90 percent of your job is people teasing how to give coax them the confidence people, how to yeah. coax them how to coax them and it's like well all right go to directing school to learn how to coax but <laughs> that's the most challenging component well i guess that's a really nice sign that you're also the trust and the, the collaboration that you have with everybody that you have as part of the team whose job it is you know you said you had 50 sergeant majors to run that sort of thing it's that trust and that collaboration as well yeah, that and you have I, the right I, people doing all these great jobs i'm sure it's the same when people go to war right they go to war they got the 50 sergeant majors and they speak the general speaks to the brigadier the brigadier speaks to the yeah. colonel colonel speaks to the captain however it works right and then you trust that chain of command because you, you've seen it orchestrated yeah and it it works so after a while, you just turn around to your mate and go, look, Charlie, could you just make sure we get a thousand Indians that come over from the left flank? And it happens. And you go, well, that's interesting. <laughs> so you you, you you relax in the confidence yeah. of that. Where I say things get more challenging is when an actor won't come out of his trailer. trailer. God <laughs> You can have all the sergeant majors in, in the world, world yeah. but that's not going to help you with that. Will was the antithesis of that, incidentally. Will, Will, he is a consummate professional, and he's more than that. He's fun. They have this thing on it's called a call sheet, right? And it's always like number one on the call sheet. Call sheet is that is the document that informs everyone who's it's doing what to who. It's instructions for the day yeah. and it tells everyone who everyone else is, right? And it has their telephone numbers on there, unless they're a superstar and all that sort of thing. So everyone sort of communicates through that. And it, uh, the big thing in the film is who's number one on the call sheet, according to the actors, right? And it, you'll be surprised how petty that little 
that you know, that world can be. But Will was, needless to say, sort of number one on the call sheet. Now, if number one on the call sheet decides to be tricky, well, if he's got to kick up with us, oh, wow. then I'm going to kick up with us. Interesting. And then you're into that mess. In this case, it was the the antithesis of that. You know, Will came to work with the quintessential, typical American positive attitude, right? The the good side of an American positive attitude. You know, out of all the movies I made, and I, I've probably told you this before, but I've enjoyed every movie I've ever made, and I love my job. Uh, this one was the most pleasurable film that yes. I've ever made. And in no small part because of Will's enthusiasm, you know, and it, his desire to come to work and do a good job. You can tell on screen you really can't. And I think you can tell that sort of enthusiasm from, from all the cast. The casting is amazing. Naomi is absolutely brilliant. And her number as well, which is a new song, starts off kind of gentle. And by the end of it, she's you know, the veins on her neck are kind of like she's fuming, she's angry. And it's, it's a really brilliant performance. Yeah, so that's Speechless you'll be talking about. Here comes a wave meant to wash me away. A tide that is taking me under Broken again, left with nothing to say My voice drowned out in the thunder But I can't cry And I can't start to crumble Whenever they try to shut me And in no small way, the, the character that needed the most amount of evolution from the original was Jasmine. Yeah. So you know, the original is 90 minutes and ours is two hours. You got half an hour more character development is essentially what the, you have. And, you know, there's some jazz hands that go along with that. But that's and really what it was. Eh? And less parrot. Well, there's, there's less <laughs> conspicuous talking parrot. Yeah. So um, a lot of that time was spent on her evolution. So the new song is Speechless which is my favorite that may well be because i'm it's new for me yeah. and i'm also emotionally entangled with it because i've been there from its inception and her fulfillment of that song is is emotional she cried on the day which makes me cry on the day yeah. and all that sort of stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but in no small part that that was mapped out i mean because her character at the beginning of the film is supposed to be timid and there's some confusion as to why she can't be heard and then due to tradition She's sort of kept back from being fully animated. And then gradually, as the film builds momentum, she finds momentum in her voice and strength in her voice. But it's all encapsulated within the two, two and a half, nearly three minutes of song, where the beginning of the song has very little augmentation. And then gradually, she finds her voice. And then once she's found her voice, then she's fully animated. And then she owns her space. And that, I suppose, is the fundamental... That's the biggest shift in character from the uh, from the original to to this one. Written in stone, every rule, every word, centuries old and unbending. Stay in your place, better seen and not heard. Well, now that story is ending. Cause I I cannot stop to cry. 
run out of time. Have we? It's very sad. I like banging on about music because it's just start banging on. Yeah, I know because do you know what? I've probably said this before, so stop me because I'm I'm reaching the age where I start. eh? You sang the last time. You sang an Irish. What in the Merry Months of May? Yeah, usually that one. That's the one you sang. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I was hoping for a whole new world this time. (laughs) (laughs) Not gonna happen. I am. I was lucky enough to chat to Jude a couple of weeks ago for Vox Lux, which he's amazing in, and I had to ask him about Sherlock Holmes whether it's happening so now you finish this you've got time hopefully he's got time and another gentleman who looks like he's got time after his last film please make it happen yeah I mean you know I threw that on Robert's lap however many years ago it's like yeah, nine know, years yeah. well he's in charge of it and however have many have you seen Endgame I've not no okay I won't spoil it then for you you can if you want to okay right. sorry okay come on we need the next Sherlock film Anyway. Okay. <laughs> she's leaving the it's building. Out, it's You're out of my hands, that one. But listen, congratulations on this. It really is brilliant. I can't wait to take my kids to see it, actually. Ten and six they are. And, uh, Ten and sixty? Six. <laughs> six. I'm not that old. Um, it was really nice, actually, going to see the Broadway show at Christmas in New York. And they absolutely fell in love with the, the story. Then we watched the film. And then every trailer that's come out, they're kind of like, oh my, when's it out? When's it out? When's it out? God, so, I'm pleased to hear that. Because mine, I've got I've got six, seven, and uh, no, five, six, seven. And then I've got 19 and a 13. Yeah. But the poor five, six, seven, they've they've gone through this movie. Oh, know, they've, they, they've seen it 30 times. No, we're not coming down to I, I know, they're not. <laughs> really? Well, it's a great thing about kids, right? <laughs> is, is that they don't, well, they don't get bored. They just watch it again and again and again. But they're my yardstick for entertainment. And I know if I'm making them happy, then I suspect yours will be happy. So there we are. Keep Um, talking. Okay, we're going to go. Thank you. Okay, I'm off. As always. Thank you very much indeed. Hans Zimmer's score to Sherlock Holmes, that's, is it Poison Nanny? Rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Guy Ritchie in the hope we can persuade him to make another one. My huge thanks to Guy for taking the time to talk to us. Aladdin is on general release around the world now and is a hugely enjoyable romp for fans of the original and complete newcomers alike. Head to edithbowman.com to catch up with all of our previous episodes, including my last conversation with Guy, in which he talks more generally about the music in his films to date. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK for all the latest news. And do subscribe and rate us via iTunes if you get a minute. Next up, kind of a double whammy. Now, we were so impressed with Booksmart, the directorial debut by actress Olivia Wilde, and how in her first film, has fully appreciated the use of good music, both in score and needle drops that, well, we just had to have her on the podcast. Short, but sweet. Then, along with Olivia, you'll also hear Dexter Fletcher and Giles Martin talk us through their telling of the life of Elton John 
in the fantasy musical Rocket Man. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Thank you.